And we're back. It's the A to Z podcast. Zach Jackson, Andre Knott, at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. A to Z podcast.com, Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. As always, we're presented by Cleveland Scene, by the Honeymoon Grill, by American Fireworks and AmericanFireworks.com. Andre, how are you? I am wonderful. My question is, where are you at on the Browns injured list for this game Sunday night? Well, I'm always questionable, as you know, uh, health-wise, character-wise, life-wise, that's for sure. Um, It's a rather extensive injury list. Uh, It's alarming, um, given given that you've got to play some guys and and who you're playing. Um, You know, Najoku is going to be out for – an extended period. We don't have official word on Christian Kirksey. There is a fear that he is going to be out for an extended period. Uh, that puts a rookie into the lineup. We will see if Mac Wilson is ready. But you're banged up in the secondary. Um, one starter definitely out. Demarius Randall remains in the concussion protocol. Three starters questionable. So as we count down to the game, uh, the Browns need everybody, which they were going to anyway. Uh, and frankly, look, this is the NFL. Anything can happen. I'm not writing this one off, even though I think the Rams are, at this point, are clearly the better team. But my concern, Dre, is you can't take a mash unit to Baltimore because you really get your ass kicked there. Well, we'll get to the Browns and the Rams here a little bit later on. I just want to ask you that to start things off. To make that joke, and and you're absolutely right, you cannot get killed uh, so bad this weekend that you can't even go to Baltimore and show a team that can compete against Lamar Jackson and the crew. But I will say this. You guys are worried about the Muni lot opening up at 2 o'clock. Me, personally, I'm worried about what you dumbasses will be doing at 10.30 p.m., 11 p.m. in the Muni lot if things go the way I think they could go. But we'll get to that. I want to do something new here on the A to Z podcast. We appreciate you guys being a part of it. I've never talked to Zach about this, so it should be interesting. Let's play words. Let's play a little wordplay. I say a name, and you tell me the first thing that come to your mind. You throw a name at me, and I'll do the same thing. Never <laughs> okay, about let's – I mean, tested. we just talked for 10 minutes before we went on, and you didn't tell me you are going to do this. So, okay, that's fine. Ah, that's why this is great. That's why this is great. I will start off with the name Antonio Brown. Go. Shitbag. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how much – he will be suspended. Well, I mean, I can't disagree with that one. Uh, I would have to say that I don't expect him playing a full, a full 16 games this year. Well, Am I fair in thinking that with the shit that just keeps coming around them? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, we haven't really talked about it just because we've been so uh, doing these so sparingly Brown and we've Gordon. had other things to talk about. I mean, this goes back right. years. Uh, these particular incidents go back months. We know how his summer went with the Raiders, how he orchestrated the exit. Um, the Patriots were there to gobble him up. I do believe that they did not know Dre about these other charges, but these charges are awful and true or not. There's a pattern here, right? I mean, this guy, it's not just being an asshole in the locker room. It's not just the time he got arrested going 125 on a 60 mile an hour road in Pittsburgh. Right. Uh, he's, he's been a terrible teammate. Um, he's been in trouble with the law before. What remember the, the furniture throwing incident, right? And, um, you know, these accusations are, are just awful. And then it came out late last night that he's threatening the woman and doing all of these things. Uh, the Patriots are in the business of winning games. They've made that very clear. They've been very good at that for a long time. But I completely agree with you at this stage based on what we know and what we've seen. He's a disgusting human being, and it's time for the NFL to say, no thanks, A.B. Uh, we are done with you unless you completely clean up your act, and we're not sure that can happen. 
Jalen Ramsey. I got to pick one word in this game. No, you can pick. Uh, we'll just play word association. You can say whatever well, you want. Yeah, but this is A to Z. Association, we, we, I think, we is one the, word. Um, yeah, we break the rules anyway because I, I'm sorry. I would say guys, this: overcomplicated, incredible talent. Mm. Uh, he ain't fixing any of the Browns' problems. Now, no, not at all. I, I I really don't have a problem to a certain extent with him asking out. I certainly don't have a problem with the Jaguars saying um, we will accommodate your wish for the right price. This is what teams have to do. But I just, even though I completely, I'm not questioning the reporting. I believe John Dorsey, and it's John Dorsey's job to check on these things, right, to check on these guys. Right. But I just don't believe that the Browns would go to the asking price and unless there's something about Denzel Ward and or Greedy Williams and or Terrence Mitchell that we don't know, right? right. I right. can't believe that the Browns would be willing to go to the asking price given the complications and everything all. that comes with Jalen Ramsey. Just because of what you said, I don't believe it at all. And it's not like you would have him after this season uh, unless they think Ward is not going to be able to play or stay physically fit. Regardless, you're not giving up draft picks with the situation the Browns are in. Just for, to rent a guy for one year. I love the word you use for him. I think he's one of the, he's the most talented, most physical corner in football in my mind. Um, I'm not a big fan of management of Jacksonville. I'm not condoning what Jalen Ramsey has done, but when a guy shows up with a Brinks truck and he's already pretty much told you he can't stand your head coach, he can't stand Tom Coughlin, what did you guys expect? Um, but they've got a weird situation going on in Jacksonville. Not that we're doing a Jacksonville podcast. Uh, they won that game last night over a team that beat your Cleveland Browns by 30. Um, it was an ugly game, way too many penalties, uh, all that stuff that I can go back and forth on. But Jacksonville has to find an identity. Um, I'm just not a Doug Marone fan. And, I, you know, like, and look, Jalen Ramsey, you got no business going after your coach or anything like that. That's elementary. That goes all the way back to being a little kid. But Doug Marone quit on the team. And uh, to me, just from things I read and see, it's, to me, he treats too many guys like college kids. It's never going to work on the pro level. So congrats, Jacksonville. Jalen Ramsey, you will be a Kansas City Chief. The Chiefs will go to the Super Bowl if that happens, if they're willing to do it, because that would change the Kansas City Chiefs in my mind. As I said to someone, Dre, um, I, I don't even mind. Not you know, not only is Dorsey asking, doing his job, but letting it get out there. Right. Um, you know, you're trying to you figure the Chiefs or the Ravens or, or primary contenders, right? Drive that price up. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. keep letting it get out there. That's his job. <laughs> That's his job. And I also will say this, and you and I both know this. A lot of times when rumors are spread and things are said by reporters, no offense to Z, sometimes you get an agent that puts something in somebody's ear to make sure that gets out there if you catch my drift. Yeah, before you go to the next word, let me ask you this. Um, the Jaguars okay. are still in the business of winning games, right? And Gardner Minshew's better than, sure. than anybody thought he would, whether he's good or not, right? But what right. do you think about playing him last night? Uh... I don't like it personally. Yeah. Or, or, you know, it's two, it's two things, two things. I don't like it, but to me that means they're not close to trading him to anybody. Yeah, I don't believe any of the rumors. Because if they were close to moving him, Zach, there's no way in the world they would have had him on the field for 70-some plays. Or how many of the plays he played last night. My opinion. All right, give me another one. All right, you want another? I like, I'm glad that you're playing along. Um... I got a couple. It was a couple different ways I was going to go. Um, 
Mike Tomlin. Mm, Mike Tomlin. <laughs> we can go. We can go back to him. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah. Let me. Let's go back to that one. I think he's in a strange situation, and he's either going to be in the best situation ever or the worst situation ever, depending upon how the next six weeks go for the Steelers. That Thursday night game on November 14th, I believe, could be very interesting. Don't forget, November 16th, the Rex Connect Foundation will have its fifth annual uh, bartending event, celebrity bartending event at the Barley House. Myself will be there. Hopefully, Zach will be there. Josh Cribbs usually shows up in a host of many others. We get a ton of great raffle items and all that other good stuff. I said in the last podcast I brought up Eli Manning. So let's go to Eli Manning. Is he a Hall of Famer? We'll say Hall of Fame, Eli Manning, yay or nay? I'm going to say yay. Um, I, I understand that Eli Manning was never uh, the gifted quarterback that his brother was or, or some of the other ones of this generation. But Eli Manning was a good quarterback for a long time. And I know sometimes people like to say, you know, go to the QB wins thing and, and everybody tries to be smarter than everybody else, right? But the fact is Eli Manning engineered one of the greatest upsets in history. And, and so winning matters. That's what it's supposed to be, right? And magnitude of your wins matter. So he's going to be a 500 quarterback at the end. Uh, he might be guilty of hanging on too long, kind of getting exposed, certainly playing for a bad organization um, run by Pat Shermer. But I think in the end, Dre, I, I think when you look at who's in and what the standard should be in Hall of Fame, what, what made you unique, what made you outstanding, what stories, games, teams you were a part of that tell the history of the league, I, I think it's not even – now that I've had a couple days to think about it, I don't know that he'll be first ballot, but I think it's a lot less complicated than many people are making it to be. I think Eli Manning's in the Hall of Fame. Wow. Everything you said, I totally agree with, except he's going to the Hall of Fame. He was averaging the 500 quarterback. He played huge in with two games. Congrats. And I don't, I don't like beating him up, but I didn't know it comes off that way. But in the draft class that he came in, I think he's the third best quarterback in that draft class, despite his stature of having two Super Bowls. Roethlisberger is better, and I would take Philly Rivers every time over him. I totally get what you're saying, and it's not even, I'm not even trying to have a – it's not even a – I'm not even having a fight back and forth. I respect what you're saying, but I respect it so much that all that says to me, uh, he should be in the very, very over average uh, Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Fame of the greatest ever. Just my opinion. I you never went into a game. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. How many times did you hear anyone or any coach go into a game versus the Giants fearing Eli Manning? Oh, I think like, if you, you go back Dan to Marino. I think if you go back to 2007 and. <laughs> In the prime of his career, yes, I do think that. Okay. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting if he gets in. Or I, and like I said, I, it's not even a. It's a very. It's a very. I think it's going to be. I, I would love to be in the room when his name comes up. Is what I'll say. And on this, I will stop the word association. But since we're talking about Hall of Fame, uh, I think two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, a friend of both of ours, Josh Cribbs, uh, up for his first nomination for a Hall of Fame for the Hall of Fame. I think both of us. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Uh, we know the impact that he had on Cleveland on and off the field and still to this day has. I think he's a Hall of Famer to both of us. But in the rankings of the NFL, because Steve Tasker isn't there, and because the NFL writers haven't really had a vision wide enough to see the impact of special teams, uh, I don't see it happening for Josh. But that doesn't mean that I don't think he deserves it when you consider that he was not only a return man but a gunner and one of the best gunners that you've ever seen did all four of the special teams for you other than kick the ball but a covered punch, covered kickoff, return kickoff, returns punch. Um, 
He was a gadget of all gadgets. Um, and I think he should be considered, should be close. I just don't think it'll happen just too long. Yeah, you pretty much said it. Uh, Josh Cribbs is among the 125 nominees. He's one of seven or eight first-year guys. He deserves to be a nominee. And I do think there is a chance that someday he will be a semifinalist. Um, he was unique. It wasn't just the returns. He retired as the all-time leading kick return touchdown. Uh, <clears throat> guy, and, and you know, like I said in, when talking about Eli, um, you know, what did you do that others didn't do, right? How many games did right. Josh Cribbs win by himself? A handful. Now, he played on bad teams. Um, special teams is historically underappreciated. So I don't think he'll ever make it to the finalist stage. But he is a Hall of Famer to me and you. He's obviously biased. And now um, he's kind of just like both of us. He's a former Browns employee who's <laughs> a D-list Cleveland media member. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Josh, but you ain't lying. Zach, Zach don't lie. I mean, I, I could uh, do American Fireworks Glory Days on Josh Cribbs for hours, right? <laughs> me too, yes. Yes, 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 yes. And, yes. and, and speaking, of, play... speaking of, I give you shit for being late all the time, and you are. <laughs> but you are consistently 20 or 25 minutes late. Josh was consistently two hours late to everything I ever did with him. <laughs> hey, you got to figure it out. Hey, I should be late with you, man. You were late to my wedding. Uh, at the end of the day, it's always good. that's always what I'm going to throw back at you. I'm on time for what I need to be. But the real question that I have, uh, Mr. Author, um, how far along are you in the Braylon Edwards book, Team B? <laughs> I have not purchased the Braylon Edwards book. I might, <laughs> I might reach out to my publisher since we have the same company. Uh, but thanks for bringing that up. This is this is Zach Plugs' book minute. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and at Target.com. It will be in stores on October fifteenth. Uh, I linked it on Twitter yesterday. I'm going to continue to link it on Facebook here in the coming weeks. So we appreciate uh, you asking. Um, about all of that. And, um, yeah, I'll continue to plug it as we go along. I like when you do that. I'm proud of you for doing that. Um, baseball is what it is. I'm just going to give you guys the baseball uh, minute myself uh, because it won't be the longest, and then we can preview the Rams and Browns if you got anything else to throw out there. The Word Association game, hopefully we get it sponsored. This is something that I like to play because I think both of us are better when we're spontaneous sometimes, uh, even though we do come up with thought process and things. And knowing both of us, our short-term memory is so short, we'll probably forget we ever did this a week ago, a week from now. But I thought it'd be fun to do today. Um, nine games left. Six against the National League. Congrats, MLB, for having a feel for what the fuck is really going on in your game. Um, and they're tied to go to – and they're tied. And today we'd be headed to Tampa for a playoff, for to get into the playoffs. Um, I keep saying it. I'll continue saying it. I get that everybody's a fan. You're a fan because – it seems like with the Indians, at least, you're only a fan because you want them to win the World Series – if they don't, then you put the Jordan face on them and you call the owner cheap. I think that's the cheap way of going about life and grading a team and grading a season. That's just me. They've won 90 games. Only the Dodgers have done that. For all the people that talk crap, and I look, I'm not on the Indians roster. I don't get paid by the Indians. I get paid by Fox Sports. But if you can't give them the recognition that they deserve, that they're the only team other than the Dodgers for four years straight to win 90-plus games, then as I said, the issue is on you and you just don't like baseball or you just don't like the name Dolan, and that's fine. There's a lot of people in New York that feel the same way. That doesn't mean that you have the right connotation to what's really going on uh, with this baseball team. When you consider how many games Corey Kluber's missed, Mike Clevenger, Carrasco, Lindor, Ramirez, um, it blows you away. Uh, that they got 90 wins is unbelievable. I think they're going to get 95. I think we're going to play a game 163, um, and that's really all I got when it comes to all of this. Um, I will say this, the weirdest thing in our travel itinerary 
our uh, our travel guy is very good at telling us, you know, what time we think we're going to get home, what time. Like, we, we leave for Chicago Monday. He tells us exactly when we should get to our hotel rooms in, on Monday. Tells us what times our bus times are on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, what time he thinks we'll land in Washington. He has all our times and bus times for Washington for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, except at the very end. At the very end of his email, and I would find it if I have enough time, and I'll try to find it real quick. Thegs writes something I've never seen him write before, because literally as we get on that plane on Monday, we have no idea where we're going afterwards. And this never happens, and this could be very odd. But it says, remainder of the trip to TBD. We either fly home or to wherever our next game is. <laughs> I don't know if that's exciting or if that's scary, but that's what the next week Well, it should be exciting. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be competitive, right? Right, right. It's just really just with somebody that takes care of you and tells you where you're supposed to be at every second of the day. For him to say, you know, just for the email to say, we either fly home or where our next game is. To me, that's the best motivation to have. Also, the last thing I'll throw out there, I did report on our broadcast on Wednesday night that Jose Ramirez plans on returning. I don't know how, but uh, I know that every, it's got kind of cool by the rest of the media to run off what I nah, – I'm not even talking junk. I'm really not. But everybody else finally saw him hit outside yesterday when I was off. Uh, but he told me – I know Tito hasn't gone along with it, but the words that Jose Ramirez told me is he plans on being in the lineup and playing in Chicago, and he's going to be on that plane when we leave Cleveland on Monday because he plans on playing in, in, in some of the last six games. Uh, Tito doesn't want to go that far. I'm just reporting what the players told me. If it doesn't happen, that means the doctor's slowing down. But what that really tells you is he may be one of the toughest MFers on this planet to be able to go out and play uh, if he does play next week like he plans on. All fair. Um, I just wish baseball season would be over. But anyway, you guys – that hate when I you're say about, that already. You're about, to love, you're, about to love, you're about to love baseball, Jack. No, I do love October baseball. You know that. You know that. Um, you, got a week. I, you got a week now. Get over that complaint. So I went to the I went to the neighborhood uh, tavern last night um, to, to watch a little bit of the Gardner Minshew show. And as yeah. we sat down, I looked up, and that guy left that ball high in the zone to Reyes, and he hit, he hit it to fucking Toronto. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's so strong. <laughs> he is so strong. Yeah, that was a that was a bomb shot. Um, let's talk about Sunday. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the city of Cleveland saying the Muni Lot's not going to open till two. I understand the intent there. I think they're asking for a disaster. I think it's an is what it is situation when you have the Browns hosting a Sunday night game for the first time in eleven years in mid to late September when the weather is beautiful, when people have a chance to can come ask, out and play. Uh, can I ask what the Can I ask what the disaster in your mind is setting up? Because to me, I'm just going to me, they're opening up the same time they would open it up for a one o'clock game. Right? Well, I think they're setting Our, up a traffic disaster that that well, could affect other people just trying to go about their daily lives. Oh, well, it's a traffic disaster any, anyways on Sunday morning. But when there's that? a traffic disaster at 530 in the morning on Sunday, there's like three people awake and they're stealing shit. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Sunday in Cleveland, Ohio. Come on. OK, we got well, we don't have we, we don't have a, this ain't Boston, Atlanta, Chicago. I mean, is it going to be? Is it going to be traffic? Sure. Right. Well, it's not. So I'm saying, I'm just, I'm just, if I'm they're just, sitting just, traffic on two major roads, this. I just want to. Okay, I just want to. I want to give a picture to something, and I love Northeast Ohio. So, and I, and, but I can talk shit about it because it's my home. We bitch about stuff that every other major city goes through. I see this in every other like every other city. That's how it goes. 
When you go to a big event, you deal with traffic. Like I see in Chicago, like everywhere but here, Boston. So so what? You got to sit in your car for 15 more minutes, 20 more minutes. That's how it works when big events happen in your city. Sorry. Well, I wasn't even really trying to go down that road. I was just trying to say, um, you, you you know, you were critical of ESPN scheduling the Sunday night game. Um, we know what Cleveland so, is, right? There's not four ways in and out, right? Because right? Right. one of them right. goes into the lake. Um, it's really <laughs> a cool day. And I hope that everyone enjoys themselves and hydrates and moderates. That's our new word. That's our September buzzword here yeah. on the podcast. Moderate. 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 Moderation. Um, hope everyone has an Uber. I hope all my Uber driver friends make a lot of money and nobody pukes in your car. Call my boy Ryan Isley. Ryan Isley will take care of you. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. But I, I just – it's a real interesting day. It's a cool day. Um, going back exactly a year this weekend, it was earned. That's when Baker started uh, – when Baker led the Browns to their first win in like 17 years. And uh, everything kind of changed that day. You earned the Sunday night game at home. Um, I don't think the schedule makers did you any favors by bringing the Rams in when it's going to be 75 degrees instead of when it's 35. But um, these are the breaks. There, as we're finding out here, there's a lot of good teams in the NFL. Uh, every week is its own challenge. And we'll see eventually if the Browns are mature enough and good enough to uh, take it on. Right. I mean, this is, uh, this is going to be a very interesting time because, as you said, the Browns deserve the game. The city deserves the excitement. Um, I don't know how many people will be at the Indians game. I won't be. Uh, it's a holiday at my house. Uh, I told you guys that. I told you that already, personally. Uh, it's going to be a great day at my house. Two TVs. Um, I'm setting up a bunch of stuff because my son's birthday, fifth birthday, is next Sunday, and I won't be in town. So celebrate AJ's birthday a little bit, put up all the, the inflatables outside, make a bunch of food, uh, and I won't be in anywhere near downtown Cleveland. God bless you guys. Have fun. Uh, the is city- AJ going to be five? AJ is five, brother. AJ is five. Yes. Oh. He'll be five on the 29th. Going fast, bro. Going fast. Wow. Well, it's um, going fast. And, uh, and all my, only thing I was trying to say about the beauty lot, come on, man. This, it, that's where life is at. We can't, this isn't 1985 anymore. This isn't 1982 where people knew how to moderate. People didn't have camera phones. People weren't falling off buses, no matter what the reason was. And I'm not making a joke of that, knowing what that guy's situation was. Unfortunately, where our country is with dead spin, and, and TMZ and people uh, lawyering up every time something weird happens. The rules are the rules. So when we cry over spilled milk, not understanding where our world is, I just can't. I, I don't feel bad for you. Or, and I'm not like, get over it. This, this, like, you can pregame. You got the Bills Mafia and they got all their shit all over uh, YouTube. This is what happens when you act like idiots and you post it all over the world. They can't just allow you. Look, they know they're going to let you get drunk. They're not going to make you clean up the shit that you do. You get your six hours. Like, you get it on a 1 o'clock game. Get over yourself. Quit Like, if you need to drink that. Oh, no, you're right. Bath, but you're, you're, talking, you're talking, like, real-world logic here, and we know that that, that that doesn't apply to any tailgate. <laughs> like, right? Well, well, and that's why they need and, – and see, and that's where we're at in America. Because they don't use logic, somebody's got to use logic for them and not let them kill themselves out in the parking lot. Case closed. <laughs> it's that simple. It's that simple. You guys can't use enough logic not to hurt and kill yourselves or show up all over national TV with people falling off buses that this is what we get, that we don't have people jumping up thinking of Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh, yeah! Jumping off of a bus onto a table, breaking a table, and then putting the fire under it, then throwing dildos on the field. This is what you get, America. Congrats. You deserve this, NFL. 
This is what you guys have done because y'all don't act right. Some of us know how to go to high school games, put it in the thermos, and act like we've been there our whole lives. But you got to learn that and figure it out, boys and girls. Anyway. You're listening to the A to Z podcast. I'm your grumpy uncle, Zach Jackson. He's your pissed off great great grandpa, Andre Knott. We appreciate you coming. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's go to our obscure Browns player. All right. So we're bringing this back for the season. It's our obscure Browns player of the week. It's presented by our friends at Cleveland Whiskey. Look them up on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, They are a local company. They are starting to grow, and this is their time of year because they make a good product, and they want you to share it at your tailgates, at your Ohio State parties, at your holidays. Cleveland Whiskey is the sponsor of our obscure Browns player of the week. Now, most weeks, Trey, when we do this, um, we we try to tie it to that week's opponent. Obviously, the Browns and the Rams only play every four years. There's not really a rich history there. I think we remember the Monday night game where they came out of commercial with Aeneas Williams talking about how Kelly Holcomb stares down his receivers, and three plays later, Aeneas Williams yeah. picked him off. Uh, Braylon had yeah. the big game there in 07. Uh, otherwise, there's not really a whole lot of, you know, um, of history there. Obviously, if you go back to the 40s, there's history between the Browns and the Rams, and they're intertwined and all that right. stuff. But uh, even angry great grandpa Dre doesn't remember that shit. So um, <laughs> as we as we kind of made uh-huh. the list here, I had a few to choose from, and I was going to go the Kelly Holcomb route. But Andre was insistent that he had a truly <laughs> obscure Browns player of the week, and I'm going to let him explain because I think he's right. All right, when the Browns in 2007 went to St. Louis to take on the Rams, there's a classic story that Zach loves telling, or maybe he'll close out this podcast with it, of our friend Doug Deacon and how he started the game off talking about me. We also, that was the weekend where I want to say the Ohio State Buckeyes played Northwestern, and we will talk about Ohio State next week and their football team and how they play. Um, They played Northwestern, and we somehow ended up at some random bar in downtown St. Louis, and it was Halloween, and Zach had to be uh, had lost his breath about 15 different t- times laying on tables and, and, and embarrassed the shit out of Northeast Ohio like, holy, we can. And then we almost died on the way home because our taxi blew up. But despite all of that, at my young age, I still was able to wake up the next morning and be ready for the 12 o'clock kickoff. And I'll never forget my obscure Cleveland Browns player for September 20th as we get ready for the Rams and the Browns. Defensive back, Kenny Wright. Now, Kenny didn't play a many games in 2007. If I remember right, I'm going off the top of my head. If I miss some of this, kids, you can tweet at me later, and uh, and I'll throw it, send it to my desk and never say anything back to you. Kenny Wright was signed, I believe, from the Miami Dolphins. He was a former LSU uh, Tiger. He was a guy that was brought in to be a nickel or dime back. And I remember the day he was brought in, Phil Savage, the crew said he would bring experience and he would bring a veteran leadership to the defensive back crew. He rarely, if ever, played for the Cleveland Browns. He always had quote-unquote hamstring injuries and other little small nagging injuries that bothered him. But he did play in St. Louis, or at least he dressed. The remember, reason I remember why is because he felt like he was close to home and he could hype the team up that day. And I happened to be around the team. I wasn't high-fiving anybody or doing anything like that. I was just recovering from my hangover, trying to drink coffee and Coca-Cola at the same time. So when they threw it to me, I would actually be awake and not sleeping on the job. And I'll never forget Kenny Wright, dreads and all, getting in the middle of the group, and they had a song, and, I, and it's, it's a, if I don't do nothing, I'm a ball. And he starts rapping a song. And he was amongst all, and they had, it was like the Young Jeezy part. And the kids that know rap will know what I'm talking about. But this is when Young Jeezy was in a, in a group. And I can't remember, it was a player circle. And he starts doing this song in front of all of the special teams guys. Well, 
special teams players in the 2000s for the Browns, many of them weren't black. Most of them <laughs> looked like Phil Dawson. And he tries to start singing his players, and the song was awesome. If I don't do nothing, I'm a ball. And he starts rapping it. And I'll never forget our long snapper, Dave Zassadil, and Phil Dawson looking at each other going, all right, um, whatever Kenny just said, let's go win the game. Now, this also plays out a little bit later because I can't tell you or remind you of one fucking play Kenny Wright ever, ever made on the field. But I do remember on my birthday in 2008, because I was still covering the Browns, I woke up to a message that I needed to put a report together because a Cleveland Browns player was arrested. This player was arrested on April 4th back in 2008. Probably was 2003, This was, but my birthday is the 4th. So I woke up to... Hey, you got to do a report. Some some Browns defensive back just got arrested. That player that was arrested, Kenny Wright. And let me read from what exactly happened on April 3rd, April 4th, when he was arrested. Cleveland Browns defensive back Kenny Wright was arrested Thursday after police said he led them on a quarter-mile foot chase that began in the parking lot, hold your breath, of the police station. Right, 30 faced, uh, faced misdemeanor charge of unlawful restraint, a misdemeanor charge of evading arrest, a misdemeanor charge of possession of marijuana. He remained in the Pierland City Jail on Thursday night pending a bond hearing on Friday. Police said they're investigating the disturbance in the police station parking lot around 11.30 a.m. 11.30 a.m. Thursday, people. He was arrested in the police station's parking lot at 11.30 a.m. Thursday. <laughs> Think about that. When officers approached Wright, he took off running and was eventually caught in a nearby subdivision. My point to all of this is enjoy Sunday night. The Browns were once so damn bad that they had a defensive back that couldn't run away from cops. And he did it at 1130 in the the morning. Starting in a police station. (laughs) Yeah, he had had an ounce of weed in his pocket, too. Congrats, Kenny Wright. Hope all is doing well for you. That's my obscure Cleveland Browns of this week. Thanks, Cleveland Whiskey. You're the best. That's pretty good. I got nothing to add. Um, I didn't even remember Kenny Wright. But then Dre was like, don't you remember the guy that got arrested while wearing overalls? And I was like, okay, I know know this has to be true now because some of this shit is too good to be true. Kenny Wright didn't make the book. A lot of good stories did. It's called 100 Things Browns Fans Should Know, and you guys should buy it. Anyway, get you out of here with a little American Fireworks Glory Days. Dre mentioned it. We've told the story like six times on the podcast before, and we still laugh at it every time. So at the time in 2007, uh, Channel 3 was the Browns' local TV affiliate. That meant when we went to the games, Jim Donovan, the longtime radio host and play-by-play guy, would do TV, and Doug Deacon had to lead the broadcast. And so Deke would sit on the plane the day before with his yellow legal pad in an old-school fashion, and I'm not calling him old because I do that on my own. I'm just saying this is how it was and how he did it, how he's done it forever. He would write out his introduction that he was going to read and try to make it sound like he wasn't reading it off of paper the next day at 1201 when the radio came on. So this particular day he comes on, he does this, he does the sponsors. He says, thank you. And he goes, well, welcome to the Edward Jones dome in St. Louis where Andre and I saw the arches got excited and ordered a double cheeseburger. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought that was a flash Uh, of brilliance. And we're lucky to have that old man still around. No doubt. No doubt, Andre's bitch, as he would call you. All right, guys, well, listen up. Moderate. Enjoy the game. Yeah. Games. Uh, 
Because if you're staying home or going to a bar Sunday, it should be great because the Indians play at 630, right? Exactly. Exactly. If you're going downtown, don't die. Uh, Use the buddy system and drink some water. Thank you for listening. Thank you for helping this thing grow. Um, We will talk sometime next week. And who knows what it is that we'll be talking about on the baseball front, on the Browns front, on the Antonio Brown front, or on anything else. So for Andre, I'm Zach. Kenichiwa, Golden Arches. Kenny Wright. <laughs> you got it.